One Mississippi is currently part of Amazon's 2015 pilot season. Let's put 26 minutes and 24 seconds on the clock. Pilot study, Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows, but only the pilot episode. That means the first show, in case you didn't know. Well, you never know what show they're going to talk about, but they're only going to talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to episode four of Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantina and I am your host and I'm joined as always by Grimes. Welcome, Grimes. Hello, what's up? You know, we're going to get to the episode and if you haven't started your timer, start it. I've started it. I want to stay punctual. Yeah. But I have have a bone to pick with you right away. Okay. Maybe we can call this a new segment, um, something to do with anger. Maybe we can think of a name. We can think of a name later. You know, maybe like undeserved anger or unfiltered anger. And this is like me taking social media posts that you've made and discussing them. So here we go. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I know where this is headed. Seven hours ago. <laughs> I would rather listen to a vegan atheist crossfitter talk about all those things for an entire month straight than hear one more word about Star Wars ever again. I don't know what I missed with those movies, but I don't get I don't get why anyone likes them at all. We are constantly under attack from a generation of Lucas brainwashed, Uber nerd, Dad Bro, Kevin Smith clones who do nothing but whine about Jar Jar and jerk it to Luke and Leia. <laughs> But they aren't busy forcing their friend when they aren't busy forcing their friends and family to pose for some movie related photo to post on every website on the internet. I guess what I'm saying is <laughs> I don't like Star Wars and I probably won't see it. <laughs> what is your deal with Star Wars? What happened? Uh, well, you know, I I first saw all the old original ones like when VHS first hit, so like probably I don't know, mid to late 80s in my little hometown. And I remember my older cousin just ranting and raving. He saw him in the theater. He loved him. This was the coolest thing ever. And I'm watching it. And as like a kid, I just, I don't know. It was miserable. I hated every second (laughs) of watching it. And I went back and watched him all again when the Jar Jar one was coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. Episode one. And, you know, I sat through him with my buddies and it was like, you know, we were in middle school or junior high or whatever. And, um, that movie came out and we went to the theater to see it and I was so pissed that I paid to see it. I was like, <laughs> never again, dude. I I just can't I don't understand. Like the guys I'm surprised you like it too, since you're younger than me. It's mostly like guys my age to like ten to fifteen years older. They are just they just inundate every aspect of life with Star Wars. It never stops. Like they have kids, they deck them out in Star Wars, dress them up as a stormtrooper for their first birthday. Like, it's just a nonstop Star Wars barfing on my life. <laughs> I, I will say that you're right. It's like, it's that age group that grew up with the first three when they're like this huge, gigantic thing that really, they're the ones that are like waiting in line for toys, bringing their kids, you know, doing the social media posts. They like, force it on people. No little four year old gives a crap about that they want to watch like dora and all that <laughs> junk. like they don't care they just i don't know it's like sports fans do it too i guess but it's weird that i i do like the movies i will say that i have recently i've rewatched like episode or not a, not the first three the new hope and empire strikes back i recently rewatched those 
The New Hope one does not stand up whatsoever. It's just not a great... I get the love for Empire Strikes Back and everything. That's like the best Star Wars movie. But to my, according to my calculations, four out of the six Star Wars movies are bad, and that's not like that's not a really good ratio for like. And that's coming from somebody who would say they like the movies. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy them, but it's weird that it's over fifty percent of the movies are objectively not good movies. Right, and I just (laughs) I don't know. I think it's like a lot of things, and you can say that there's plenty of things I like that are like that that people just can't understand. I would say Kanye is a prime example of that. I constantly have to defend, you know why i like him and he's such an a-hole and yada yada and like yeah okay great that i feel the same way about star wars i'm constantly just like what would it what would it take for you to see the new one like what would you have to hear or like would it have to be somebody brought you like are you completely against star wars are you completely out of the ballpark of what they're shooting for I I'm against it at this point because it's so like the original I can respect because those guys Lucas and Spielberg especially at that time were doing amazing stuff and they really advanced the art form and made like mass media stuff that was like also technically awesome so I respect all that so I would like the first three above anything but the new one I would definitely have to not pay and I would have to be honest. <laughs> One, two, three substances. <laughs> uh, that, that would probably make it really interesting. And then, yeah, I'd probably be into it, but I just can't support... And then, like, doesn't Disney own it now? So isn't that yeah, going to make a, it automatically worse? I don't... I mean, they do the Marvel movies, too. Yeah, so true, true. They're, they're just buying up property. They just want know? the money. They don't really yeah. have much to say, I guess. They're, they're buying it so that they can sell, like, a billion dollars in toys yeah. and video games and all that stuff. I mean, I, I just thought it was, int- like, out of all things, like, this was... Actually, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you're railing against this. I just reached my tipping point. I don't know. Somebody must have tweeted or put some, another thing on Facebook, and, well, man, I if, just hit if it it's, today. If it's good, I'm going to let you know that you have to see it, and you'll okay. have to come back with your report. I do trust your opinion. If it's, so. if it's turned you. Are there any other old franchises that are much adored that you hate with a blinding passion? No, not like that. Not mm. that I would like go public with a rant. <laughs> no, no, no. Indiana Jones. Hey, no, I'm down Star with Indy. I like him. I like all that stuff. All right, all right. But. Well, right before we get to one Mississippi, we're wasting a lot of time today, but I think we'll get through the one Mississippi talk pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. It was a, I mean, we have stuff to say, but it's not. We're not going to be rushing. So we want to talk about both our logo and our theme song because we have not talked about those over the first three episodes. The theme song is by a guy named Tony Thaxton. He used to drum in one of my favorite bands, Motion City Soundtrack, and I was over the moon when he, when he, when he was able to do the theme song for us. So the song you hear uh, at the beginning of the episode is done by him, and we both love it, right? It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I listen <laughs> our, to it. I na- listen to it like it's a song. It's in my iTunes. Our, our name, our names are in it, so that's you know, a dream come true. Yeah. And we think it gets across the humor of only hitting the first episode of everything <laughs> and not advancing past that. So. It does a great summary of what we're about. Right. Uh, almost to like a meta point, you know. <laughs> it's like the perfect summary. So in our logo, which you see on our SoundCloud page, and that's soundcloud.com slash pilot-study-podcast, and you can just search Pilot Study Podcast on there. That is by a guy named Zach Bame. He did the artwork for us. It's awesome. 
Um, he did a really great job, and of course we thank him for that. Also, it's great too. It's amazing. I love it. So we don't forget any of the plugs. We'll do those right now as well. On Twitter, it is Pilot Study Pod. I'm pretty sure. Yes, Pilot Study Pod. So go follow us there. I I hope we're tweeting enough for people. We have two followers right now. One of them is you. One so of me. Yes. We are just blasting off. <laughs> Um, and on, we're not on Facebook yet. I think Twitter and SoundCloud are good for now. So if you can follow us over at those junctures and we're on iTunes, so subscribe, rate us, do all that stuff on iTunes. So let's get into, uh, one Mississippi. I'm going to let you go first since I've been talking for about five minutes straight. What was your initial impressions? What's your history with Tig Notaro? I mean, what did you think of this episode? Uh, well, my history with Tig is that, you know, as like a fan of comedy in general, um, I was aware of the name. I'm not going to say like I was a fan. Um, I definitely was aware of her as a comedian and knew she's like an alt comedian with Sarah Silverman and all those people. So Marin, Louie, et cetera. So I would like know her through cameos and things, but, <laughs> and then until she came out with her cancer, um, revelation and did the stand-up about and then of course we all know about her from then i think Mm -hmm. anyone who's going to watch this show obviously um that's one thing i noticed if you don't know all this if you don't know a lot about tig notaro already like this show is not for you if you're not a fan it's pretty much it goes right into her life with very little context yeah i Um, think i think that's probably one of the main things we kind of have to talk about is like as a pilot that just people are clicking on through amazon I don't really know if this is a great entry point for the stories that she wants to tell. Like like you said, there's no context given as to why she's so weak, you know, in that first airport scene and to why she's acting so strange. I mean, they the brother kind of I believe that's her brother, right, Remy. Yeah. So, I mean, he does mention like being sick and he, they, he does mention chemo a little bit later in the episode, but if you're just coming into this dry, like you have no idea who Tignatero is, then you're going to be like, why is this woman like acting so strange? And like, why does she look like, like she's about to pass out in this airport? It's, I think it's a very strange spot to drop the audience in on, especially if it's like, if this got like a full season order and it like, it's like dropping on Netflix, right? So you could watch the whole thing. That's one thing, mm-hmm. but this is part of the Amazon survey thing, which is people watch and they take the survey and, vote on if pilots are actually going to go to series and like amazon uses these statistics to put things to series so if they're not getting if they're being dropped in at the wrong point of this show then it's not going to get like the 10 episodes it needs to actually tell the whole story so perhaps a more accessible episode would have done better in terms of like accessibility accessibility and the eventual like what the survey is going to tell amazon about this program yeah, and I mean, I can handle inaccessibility to an extent. Like, I can watch Tim and Eric. I can watch the Eric Andre show. I can watch crazy stuff and deal with a certain amount of having to get used to something. But, I mean, in the first six minutes of this show, we have a mention of cancer, C. diff, and um, a death by somebody pull- having the plug pulled on them. I mean, we're five minutes in, and these things right. have all occurred. Like, it's just yeah. a bummer, like, <laughs> off the bat. You know, and another thing I, I noticed right right away is that, you know, Louis C.K. is an executive producer on this show. I believe it was yeah. Louis that first put out that set she did 
where she walked on stage and basically began by saying, I have breast cancer. Yeah. Like, so he, he put that set out through his website. That was really her like mainstream entry point for a lot of people. Yes. I know it was for me. I didn't know who she was. I'm, I'm not like a comedy nerd like you are. So and I wasn't I barely knew. I mean, you know, I couldn't like quote her stand up. Right. Right. I, I hadn't listened to her before and th- that became kind of her watershed moment. So with Louis being the executive producer, it was already in my mind that this show may be similar to Louie. But I think where I noticed the similarities the most is in the cinematography. Like, um, Yeah, it looks like Louie. It looks like Louie. It feels like Louie. There's like a willingness to go like free uh, or handheld camera at times. There is a willingness to um, be very intimate with the camera, like very close up. And But mostly there's like this willingness to linger on shots for like a second longer than, than it uh, than proves comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, and I put love in quotes in our notes because I don't know if we actually love being uncomfortable, like with the British office and with Louis. Well, yeah, but they that's... seem they seem to prey on that feeling. I was just wondering, like, yeah. how depressed are we as a society, or at least as a a niche that would watch this kind of show and watch Louis and Marin and stuff like that? Um, how like messed up are we that this is what we watch for entertainment? I know it's like <laughs> it's, it's I, weird what it says about our culture that like cringe comedy. This is good. This is like high class NPR university entertainment. This oh, is like for what sure. all the smart fans are watching. You know, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and and another thing that really reminded me of Louie, like right in the beginning of this show, was like the cat thing. So like her stepdad, like they pull the plug on the mom, and there's this stepdad character who we'll talk about later, but he has to go like while she's dying to go take care of the cat because the cat needs like a very exact amount of food. Like I, I, I thought that like that source of comedy was very like Louis esque and her reaction to it. Like, wait, why <laughs> was very like much what you'd find in like in a Louis program or something of that nature. I agree. And I would say the, the show is if you you could take this episode and put Louie in it and it's a Louie episode pretty easily and I think mm-hmm. vice versa yes. I think Tig's show if it gets more episodes it would be almost interchangeable mm-hmm. um, what which is, is fine with me I love them both and I, I would watch this if it was a show but and of course we have the the show opens with like an NPR style or a radio style like storytelling and I assume that's going to be like her Louis stand-up, Seinfeld stand-up, kind of like garage. cold open. Yeah, yeah. Does does Marin do the garage at the beginning? I guess I've never watched his uh, show. He does it at the end. Oh, he does. Gotcha. So I found that interesting that, like, even in terms of structure, she was sticking very close to kind of what's worked when it's come to comedic personalities and making making a show based around that personality. Yeah, yeah, it's very much, you're getting her, like, 100% right off the bat, which I do respect, but does make for some learning curve and, like, hard to pick up in that, like we said. So, I guess one of the big questions here is, starting from such a strange place, like, you know, starting with, in the first episode, pulling the plug on the mom, um, moving back to Mississippi, which happens at the end, the funeral, doesn't this feel just... Doesn't this feel like the first act of a film? Does this really feel like a TV show to you? No. I It does feel like more like a movie. I would say two more episodes that length and you're good. Like The story's pretty much 
you know, this is the setup. There's going to be how she deals with it and overcomes it. And then there's the resolution. Like, yeah, three acts. Right. The resolution, which most definitely involves the stepdad crying and tapping Showing into his emotions. Emotion. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some Asperger's or autism or something with that dude. Because he was acting. Not, no offense. I mean, you know, just saying. Like, the the organization angle. I guess right. you know the the and just his coldness and how like you said with the cat has to eat you know x amount of ounces of food at mm-hmm. five thirty p.m. like nobody else in the world can do it but me. I guess that was that was why I found this episode so like confounding and strange and not really knowing what to think because like on one hand I think it's this really nice like twenty six minute narrative. It feels like a, this nice short film, right. but I don't really know if I'm interested in continuing on with this story. You know, I guess I'd have to go back and watch like a Louis pilot or something of that nature to see if that if the vibes within that episode kind of were along the same lines. But I don't know. It's it was something about how it ended and the pacing of it. A lot happened in that first episode. Yeah. So I feel like under that pace, you could wrap up this story. And like you said, three episodes, she's flying back to L.A. and she's. You know, in the second episode, she would break up with her girlfriend for sure. Or she would tell her to go back to LA. (laughs) In the third episode, she'd connect with all her family members. And then the end would be her flying home. Right. Very Garden State esque. Yep. Uh, Yeah. And the thing, too, is that with Louie and Marin and their shows, I was already such a fan of them that I've tuned in just because it's them. Mm -hmm. Whereas Tig. I love her that much. I tuned in because of her. But those other characters, I have zero. And the brother is just like a weirdo. The stepdad is, you know, like, I just, I don't know. I have no interest. I would only be watching it for her, which might not be enough for a whole series. Well, speaking of her, what did you just generally think of her as an actress? Because I, the road from stand-up comedian to actor-actress can be a pretty harrowing one, <laughs> as we've seen with, like, Seinfeld, Mulaney. Marin, you know, too, yeah. Marin. Yeah, Marin's a really good example, because I feel like he's just only now gotten the hang of it. Yeah, yeah. And there's still times where you're like, oh, dude, I heard you say that word for word on a podcast, like, a year ago. But you gotta... <laughs> Change. I mean, he does do, and he cops to it too. But anyway, this isn't about Marin. Well, what do you? Th- well, we should do. I, Mar- we should do Marin soon, though, because that's going to be a a, jo- or a a Grimes monologue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just won't need to be there. <laughs> um, so, what did you think of Take though? I think her acting was really good. Like you said in the beginning, when she was acting sick at the airport, and then her just like her delivery is so dry and I don't want to say deadpan but like almost monotone is her persona so it's hard to tell when she's acting right or doing stand up or just being her normal self like is there a difference is there that much or is she just one person and she happens to have all these different like ways to access the talent yeah I guess like the tone of voice I think is what bugged me the most because she is so deadpan all right. all the time the driest of the driest sense of humor I don't really know if that really ever translates to a leading role in a series like even Louie like he's pretty deadpan in Louie but he can access different emotions and he can like tap into different things when he needs to tap into them. And she kind of showed that with the, with the funeral scene with when she was giving the eulogy. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was probably, one, it was the best shot, like, portion of the episode. It was really a beautifully shot um, scene, but... Like, her acting, I think, was the best in that scene because she... It wasn't even just that she cried or whatever. I just thought there was, like, a different range to her voice. Yeah, there was some emotion shown. Yeah, she was just able to tap into (laughs) some kind of range that she had, which I thought was was really important. But, again, I don't know if she's, like, better as a side character in another show or if she is, like, somebody that could carry a show, like, as the leading person. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sold on her. I like I said, I'm into her as like just a persona and a, her story. Um, she unfortunately doesn't have the benefit of being funny looking. You know, some people like when you turn on Chappelle's show, for example, mm-hmm. when he comes out, you just laugh before he even talks. Right. Or Louis, you know, he's just a f- chubby white <laughs> doofus. You know, like he's like a Homer Simpson almost. Right. Um, whereas Tig, I mean, you kind of are sad when you look at her, not because, <clears throat> excuse me, not out of pity, but just, I mean, she, we all know her story and like her breast removal was mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the show, see, again, and they joke about it. And that's mentioned. But I just don't know if anybody who doesn't like you, you would probably go and you'd vote. Yes. Continue this show because it, it feels like it could go somewhere interesting, but like right. the regular day, Joe Schmo is not going to know of her history. And, yeah, they'll pick up that she had cancer and had a procedure and all of that. And I don't know how they could have introduced it in a better way without it seeming clumsy and, like, pilot exposition. Right. But you that's why it's there. Maybe because the first episode was so incredibly depressing that, yeah. that the depression of that previous <laughs> knowledge added to the depression. And so it was just, like, a big mound of sad. Yeah, that was just too much to even bring it up. You're just like, we get it. In, yeah, in that first episode, it was too. It was just too much. I feel like. Um, let's let's see what else we had here. So you you did not like Remy, the most southern no. name they could have th- thought of. No, I did not like the the brother character. I mean, he was okay, but he's just like a the guy on the couch with the bowl of cereal, probably smokes weed, like lives at home with dad or mm-hmm. stepdad or whoever now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no legal connection. I like how he kept saying that. I see you noticed that too. He just kept saying it over and over, like, um, and that is a a fun dynamic there. But technically, we have no legal connection. Not a fan of Remy. You use mm. you are though. You want to see where he what he's about. I didn't think he was bad. I thought I thought he was pretty humorous and he had his moments. I, I mean, I wasn't not like bad. No, no, you know, he's he's not bad. I. I I guess I don't really like the father. I thought that they kind of overplayed the, like the technically we have no legal connection like type yeah. of attitude he had. Like for that guy to show no, no emotion whatsoever. That's just not human, I guess. Right in that moment when she's just dying, and I kind of figured they were gonna play it up like that's how he was dealing with his sadness to catalog all of her belongings and like not deal with the fact that she had died. But I think he's just a weird guy. It needed, it needed like one more scene where it kind of, I mean, yes, we shouldn't have to be shown that, but again, for this being a pilot and for people voting on it, it needed like one more scene where you see a little tiny bit of emotion out of the father. Like he did say you can keep your furniture there and everything, but like maybe they just cut away too quick, or he left the scene too quick. But I still didn't really f- feel anything for him. 
Yeah, I, I just either. I just thought he was a jerk. Oh, what about the of course? And then we have a girlfriend from L.A., Casey Wilson, who was in shows like Happy Endings. She was on SNL. She's been on a lot of stuff. Um, but she comes as the girlfriend from L.A. She is the kind of like the new agey, like typical L.A. person. Right, bubbly, happy L.A. I liked her. She was okay. I like Casey Wilson in that role. She's good. I like she's her. Believable. Yeah, she's believable, and she was she was like the one positive aspect of the episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, the one bit of sunshine <laughs> in the darkness Br- brought some sunshine into it. So I we're running short on time. So I guess yeah. what what we should finish on is if we if we were going through this survey because we're going to be doing a few of these Amazon episodes the next uh, couple couple episodes of pilot study if we were running through the survey would we want to see more of this where would we want to see this show go because this is kind of the first episode where we're taking a pilot before anything else has come out so we don't really have the the um, the benefit of hindsight in any way right so I mean would you want more of this, and where do you th- where would you prefer it go? Would you see more see it like a Louis, kind of a different tale every week, or would you want to see like a full blown narrative? I think I would ideally, like you said, it'd be a film and a full blown narrative because I love Tig and I love the story. I think she's great as a series. I'm only voting for it because of her. Like I like her and would want to support her in some small way, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean. This was the first pilot we've done out of our four or five episodes here that I just was like, I was bored halfway through. I wish it would end. <laughs> I, like, I'm already a depressed dude, and I just don't need, like, a, like Louis's already at a nine on a normal episode. This started at, like, a 12. Yeah, but Louis, Louis has those rays of sunshine that just kind of, like, yeah, le- like stand up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they kind of just, like, leak into the episode in really unexpected ways. And I don't think that the writers on this episode, which were tig and actually diablo cody who wrote juno i don't think they quite were able to nail like that one little positive moment that you needed to make this work yeah and just like my final thoughts you know there's only so much content and so many people in this niche of alternative comedy sad people that want this type of stuff (laughs) i think no offense but they take that with the internet, you know, this is an Amazon thing. They can take risks, whatever. There's no network people. But they, the internet shows count too much on the internet audience. This would never appeal. Like, this would never be an NBC pilot. You know what I mean? This is like... No, it's way too, like, well shot and everything. And so I think it was made without the awareness of that. And I would just say, if if anything, this should be in the British model in two seasons and out. Like, you do not need to try to drag this thing out if it goes. Make this a movie or follow the British model. That's my right. advice. Where are we at time-wise? Right now we are comfortably sitting at 26, exactly. So so we got about 40 seconds left. Do you want to drop some uh, some of your own plugs? Well, just follow me on Twitter at underscore Grimes John. And follow me on Twitter at Chris Lantinen, C-H-R-I-S-L-A-N-T-I-N-E-N. And follow Pilot Study Pod on Twitter and send us some feedback. Send us episodes that you want us to do. We'll listen. We are we are all about the people. All about them. <laughs> so this has been Pilot Study Episode 4, all centered around the Amazon, the new Amazon show, One Mississippi. You can go and vote on it if you liked it. It's part of the Amazon pilot season, and uh, this is one of the rare opportunities 
that we actually get a kind of a say. I don't know if they how much they take the statistics into account, but we kind we kind of get a say. So I think it's pretty interesting. We will be continuing with this series in episode five. So thanks for listening, Grimes. Any any All last right. words? That's it. Thanks for listening. Star Wars fucking next. sucks, you know. <laughs> yeah, fuck Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys later.